Stories connect us as humans. A well-told story can motivate and inspire us. Storytelling is the ultimate superpower. Be The Drop is a weekly podcast that investigates how to tell stories that engage. Join me, Amelia Veal, on our shared journey to become better storytellers. In episode 222, leadership and brand storytelling expert Gabrielle Dolan returns to share her tips on how to be a good leader through real communication. Gabrielle explains why honest communication earns trust and is therefore critical in successful leadership. We discuss what real communication and authentic leadership actually means, and Gabrielle shares her top tips on how to communicate more effectively. This is Gabrielle's version of Be The Drop. Are you starting a podcast? Narrative Marketing delivers a full range of podcast production and training options. Visit narrativemarketing.com.au or hit the link in the show notes for more details. Gabrielle, thank you for joining me back again on Be The Drop. I'm excited to be back. Either either I was really good and you want me back again or I, I was didn't explain myself properly and we're going to go over it again. Oh, no, it's definitely the first. Really good. And also you have a lot of incredibly valuable content and information and insights that I know is something that my audience is really looking for to engage with. So I wanted to... Given that you were willing, I wanted to allow my audience that opportunity to engage further. And so last time we explored stories for work and now this time we're going to be exploring real communication and authentic leadership. So that's the next book in the series of books of yours that we're looking at. But before we do, we've done an item of significance, which you did last time. Maybe I thought this time you could lead with a story that leads us into this conversation around real communication and authentic leadership. Yeah, look, I guess and it's probably just, you know, where this all sort of started to, you know, come to me and where I started to think about it. And it's almost going back about 25 years ago when I worked in corporate and I'd work with people who I, I just thought they were terrible leaders and, and, you know, I didn't like them, they were aggressive and I remember you'd, you'd speak to people that knew them outside of work. And I remember once they said that they're, re- they're completely different outside of work. And my initial reaction is I get that we act differently, you know, with our friends and family than we do at work, but it shouldn't be completely poles apart because to me is, well, you're pretending in one of those situations, you're pretending. So, you know, that was 25 years ago. And I guess I just sort of started to notice that the authentic leaders that I was seeing, there seemed to be a real consistency with the way they behaved both at work and in their personal life. And, you know, yeah, taking into the point where they might slightly change, they're fundamentally the same person. So that's sort of where all this came from, this whole concept of um, authentic leadership and real communication. So then authentic to you, you know, you've sort of, you've mentioned like not having a separate personality, but what does that mean in the context of leadership, authentic leadership? How do we actually embody that as a trait? Fundamentally, it comes down to being true to who you are. So um, one of my favourite quotes comes from Oscar Wilde and it says, be yourself, everybody else is taken. So it is being true to who you are. I often have people say one of their favourite lines in the in my book is when I say, you know, be who you are unless you're a dickhead, then pretend to be someone different, right? So, <laughs> so fundamentally it is 
it is about being true to you, you are, but it's not an excuse for poor behavior. So what I've seen some people do when they talk about authentic leadership is they're really arrogant or they're really rude and they go, well, I'm just being authentic. So that's the way I am. So suck it up. And it's not about that. So sometimes to me, it's a combination of saying, staying true to my values. So these are my values. These are the values I have in work and outside of work. And they're the same. And you're staying true to them. I think authentic leaders are consistent. And again, if you're fundamentally staying true to your values, then consistency is a lot easier than when you're trying to pretend to be someone else or playing different roles. That's sort of, to me, what being an authentic leader is, some, you know, some congruence with what they're saying and consistency around everything. In, in leadership, you know, I suppose there's that expectation to have the answers, to, to know and be the person that people come to. You're the leader, so you're leading the way and, you know, therefore being right and having those answers. But you're sort of saying, you know, maybe there's a balance requirement. So how, how do you be a strong leader, but then potentially also be vulnerable in, in that? I think that's one of the fundamental changes I've seen in leadership. Leadership always used to be like knowledge is power. You know, we've all grown up that knowledge is power. And the leader was probably the most experienced person in the room. Now with the internet, things are moving so fast that you could have 30 years in experiencing something but almost now that's it's no longer relevant because what we're doing now, what we're, you know, the systems we're using, the technology we're using wasn't even around five years ago. It wasn't even around two years ago. So I think one of the cool things of leadership is that you're no longer expected to be the smartest person in the room. And we've got a whole generation that have come in through who has these expectations that they want to contribute. They're actually not looking to you for the answers. They may be looking to you for guidance or support, but they want to contribute. So I think what you're saying, it is a fine balance between showing guidance and support, but not expecting to have all the answers and to be able to say, I don't know, what do you think? Mm. And so, you know, then if we expand that, how does an authentic leader then turn that into really strong, real communication. Yeah. So, and this is why, you know, the the whole title of the book is Real Communication, How to Be You and Lead True, because I think authentic leaders are better communicators or real communicators. And so sometimes it's coming down to on one aspect with leadership, it could be, okay, I appreciate I don't need to know all the answers and, and, and I don't know the answers, but it's being able to communicate that in a way. So, Having the courage to show vulnerability, having the courage to say, I don't know. I think I think one of the most powerful questions a leader could have or, or ask or a statement is to say, I'm, I'm not sure if I know the answer to that. I'm not sure if I'm the best person to even come up with a solution with that. I think it's you. What do you think? What do you think we should do there? Um, and the reality is that even if you do have the answer, that you, um, if you're asking people what they think, you're probably going to come up with a better answer. I, I had the pleasure of working in a company once and the CEO, he, he said to me that what he gets paid to do, what, what CEOs get paid to do is to make good decisions. And he said, I will often go into a situation where I think I've got the right decision, genuinely asking people what they think and, and then listening to them he goes, every time I do that, 
I end up making a better decision. So in that decision-making process and they're, and they're working to take on board and make good decisions, as you said, what are some of those challenges that you've experienced through the workshops you've run and, and in the journey of, of these experiences that you've had? What are some of those common challenges that leaders have in how to communicate those decisions, how to be effective in that communication of direction and how to effectively lead via communication? I think real communication can get really tough when you're delivering difficult messages. So I think sometimes when you're delivering bad news, it could be restructures and job losses or, you know, bad profit announcements or a change in direction, you know, and again, it comes back down to having the courage to say it as it is. So to be really genuine and acknowledge the things and almost showing the process of why they communicated it. A really great example of this is when COVID hit and the uh, CEO of Airbnb put out an email to all staff. And the only reason I got to see that email is because it then started to be shared publicly on social media. And the cool thing about what he did is he was like, there was no denying that people were losing their jobs. Like a huge amount of their um, employee base had to go. But what he then did is he said, this is the decision-making process we're doing for that. So this is how we're making the decision of who goes and who stays. And then he went on to outline everything they're doing to support the people that are going, his words around you will you are always part of this family, but we, you know, and it, it was it was such a beautifully written, transparent email, not only identifying that yes, the bad news, why they had to do it, the decision making process they were doing, and everything they were doing to support the employees leaving, like, you know, still paying their health care benefits and stuff like this. So that to me is a masterclass in how you should communicate bad news. For that one masterclass in how to communicate, you could cite so many other examples of terrible examples of communicating this. And and those terrible examples normally consist of people using um, a lot of jargon to hide the fact. Um, in fact, in my, in my book, Real Communication, that was written a couple of years ago, so way before COVID, there's, uh, there's an example in that, I, th- I think it was the CEO of General Motors, um, there was going to be a loss of 15,000 jobs across the globe and the CEO announced that by calling them 15,000 jobs are being reallocated, reallocated. Like, and you just go, what, reallocated to the unemployment queue, reallocated. So, again, you can say this is, this is using jargon deliberately to hide bad news, which is not transparent. It's not real and it's not authentic because it's, it's not acknowledging the, the issue with what you're, you're trying to communicate. You're trying to hide. You're trying to hide the issue. And as you're talking, I'm, it, so, it sounds to me like it's a very respectful way, like, you know, this real communication and authentic leadership sounds like there needs to be respect, you know, and you did mention before that previously the leader was the person of position of power, but now we're looking at 
they're still in a position of power, but that power comes with a, a mutual respect, you know, and so the employees um, may not be in a position to know all of the information, but at least understand the process and because the implications will affect them. So it's respecting how that they are involved in this. Yeah, absolutely. One of the most powerful examples I saw of that was, again, you know, I, I was working with a senior leader and it was actually, it was interesting enough, it was around storytelling and how to communicate more effectively through storytelling but they were going through some some change and there was going to be job losses and he wanted to communicate that respectfully he didn't want to lie about the fact or just try to avoid the fact because he knew you know we knew every time there's a restructure the first thing people ask is am I going to lose my job over this and I remember him working with him and the way he communicated it by sharing a story, he literally said, you know, there will be job losses. We expect there to be about 200 job losses. And he, and he said, we don't know who they are or where they will be because we will work through that process. And then the story he shared, which is, again, so much about respect, he said, I remember about 10 years ago I was in a similar position and my boss came to me and said, at the end of today, here's a blank piece of paper. I want 50 names on this bit of paper because we need to get rid of 50 jobs. He goes, and I want it by tomorrow. And if you if you can't have if you can't find 50 names, then put your name on it. And he said he rem- he j- remembered the the sinking, awful, disgusting feeling he had, and made a promise to himself that if he was ever in that position that he would never treat people so badly, that they would never just be a number. And so he shared that story to say, we will look after you and we will never have such a disrespectful process as that. So to me, again, that is you walk out going, okay, people understand why restructures happen. People understand why job losses need to happen. But if you walk out of that going, well, at least I'm going to be respected and I'm going to be supported, then okay, it's not great, but I accept it. And that, and that's exactly what the Airbnb CEO did. The same thing. It, it was a respectful communication. Mm. So do you think, you know, on in this journey and with the changes and you mentioned the internet and how that's opened up information, in today's workplace, you know, do you think that the need for real communication and authentic leadership is much more prevalent? You know, has that changed? What's shifted in the workplace today? Look, I think it is. And, and, you know, you could always say, you could always argue that authentic leadership and real communication has always been important. And and it has, I would argue that as well. But I think it's needed now more than ever. And I think there's, I think there's a couple of things that have shifted. One is, the absolute decline in trust has been staggering over the last few years. Edelman do a report, say every year, I think they've been doing it for the last 20 years, and the last couple of years have been the lowest in trust ever. Uh, we've lost trust in government and we've lost trust in corporate. And you, know, you, you look at Australia, the amount of royal commissions we have had I can't remember this many royal commissions going on 10 years ago or 20 years. I don't even think I'd heard the word royal commission 20 years ago. And what, because what a royal commission is, is that we do not have trust in the organization that they will tell us the truth. So we need an external body with such, such powers that it forces them, well, tries to force them to tell the truth. So when it comes down to leadership, you can't lead if there's no trust. You, you can't actually lead. And whether it's an individual 
or an organization. You look at any company that's they've had brand damage and they've lost trust. It's like, do we trust that they'll actually do it? I'm in um, Melbourne, and so we're just coming out of one of the harshest, harshest lockdowns mm. be- because the government completely stuffed up hotel quarantine. So <laughs> there's this real, there's this real thing of when we come out of this and we go back to accepting, you know, people from overseas. It's like, do we trust that they'll get it right? And I think the vast majority of people say, no, we don't. We'd prefer it to be outsourced, not to private security firms. But, you know, like it's like don't stuff this up again. Don't stuff this up again. <laughs> so you can't lead if there's no trust. So that that's one thing why I think it's needed more than ever. And then the other thing, it's just this evolving um, expectations of employees. They it's sort of what I talked about before. They, they want to be involved. They've grown up on having access to information instantly. So the moment they go work for someone where, let's just say for an example, a company that's still hung, hanging on to their hierarchy of communication, remember that? Remember that, mm-hmm. like, you know, it would just gradually get cascaded down the organisation to the point where the person at the bottom, like, found out about it eight weeks later. Like, that is just does not work, does not work. And you're seeing... You're actually seeing a lot of companies that will make announcements internally and externally within hours of each other. Now, now the downside of that potentially is as an employee of a company, I'm hearing about a significant change from Facebook before I'm hearing it internally, which means sometimes they're finding out from perhaps not the ideal sources. Mm, And and I suppose that's an interesting point as well, that with the global communication technologies that we have now, I assume for leaders being authentic and real and having that vulnerability, that does add a bit of a fear factor, you know, like, oh, if if I tell my truth and be honest and it's perceived in the wrong way, will I be crucified? Sometimes people still see if I show vulnerability, will that be seen as a weakness? And, you know, the reality is there might be people that do think that, but the vast majority will will respect it. And I know one example where I've had a, you know, a woman tell me that she actually sent the CEO, CEO an email saying it's the first time I've felt really connected and blah, blah, blah. And she said one of her colleagues said to her, oh, I thought that was a bit weak. So, you know, you're not, you're not going to please everyone, but showing vulnerability and um, transparency, you're going to impact a lot more people than not. Mm. And in business, in making those good decisions, you're not going to please any, everyone. That's never going to happen, is it? No. They, uh, there's a quote um, that I've almost lived my entire life from, and it's, I don't know what the key to success is, but the key to failure is trying to please everybody. Mm. And so for you then, in your book, Real, Real Communication, what is it, some key takeaways that you would offer or, or something you think is really important for consideration for leaders who are really looking to be authentic in their leadership? I think there's a couple of things. I think be really aware of the amount of jargon and acronyms you use because that that really impacts on communication, really impacts on communication. Now, at a bare minimum, it, it could just result in miscommunication. I think be consistent. That. Now, that, that just might be your values, but have some consistency around that. And there was also a part of the book, and this may be, you know, the more senior you become, but we're actually seen an increase in um, CEO activism. So, for example, uh, you know, again, when I wrote the book, Australia was going through the same-sex marriage equality 
and um, Alan, like people like Alan Joyce, who came out very actively for that cause. And there's that that is on the rise. So even even five years ago, CEOs would not do that because they would be saying this is going to damage. It's going to damage our brand. It's our stakeholders, you know, as in our shareholders, may not uh, respect it. So they wouldn't do it and they would get advised not to take a stand. That's your personal belief. It's not your company belief. Where what Alan Joyce came out and said, yes, it's my personal belief and it's also our company belief. We believe in diversity. And he, he said not everyone in our company will believe in same-sex marriage, but we believe in diversity. And he, and he fundamentally took a stand on it. And um, so we had a few, like a few CEOs, a few CEOs, in fact, a lot of CEOs, they came out and wrote an open letter about that so I mean that's a that's a high level example of um, knowing what's important to you and being prepared to take a stand and we're seeing more and more and more of that that as leaders you can't sit on the fence when it comes to stuff Mm. and it's interesting because it is such a good example of as you say being courageous having the courage to talk your truth you know, and there's just all of these different examples that you're weaving in here that really explain and demonstrate how that can happen at any layer and any level. And it's interesting because that conversation around company values and your personal values, I think, is such an interesting piece because I think there has been seen attention before, but we're understanding that there can be a synergy and a difference within within those things yeah absolutely and and yeah the reality is if you're if you've got your own personal values and you're working for a company and those values are poles apart first of all you shouldn't even be working there like you like you do why did you even take the job but a lot of the vast majority of my work I do around storytelling is going in and helping you know getting leaders teaching them the process but helping them share personal stories around the company values and and what that process is is so you've got a company value of integrity like ask what does it mean what does integrity mean to you what does integrity mean to you so they're making the connection between their own values and their company values and they're seeing how how they are so connected which again then helps them to lead in a way that's you know more authentic and true to that absolutely fantastic well Gabrielle thank you so much I love that you know so many synergies there about how to really lead as you say be true to you but in conclusion though and I know you've already done a be the drop tip but thinking about leadership um, what would be your top tip for communication that motivates and inspires true and real or authentic leadership it's probably no surprise the answer i'm going to give but get good at storytelling storytelling is the absolute perfect medium to not only communicate your message in a way that people get there's an opportunity in there to show your values there's an opportunity in there to show vulnerability and it is one of the most respectful ways to communicate so um yeah i think i think you know storytelling is like this magical you know (laughs) magical beast that can do a whole lot of things a whole lot of things so that's my top tip oh fantastic embrace the magical beast of storytelling i love it all right thank you so much thanks for joining me for another episode of be the drop don't forget to subscribe in order to ensure you never miss out on one of our weekly episodes 
Be The Drop is produced by Narrative Marketing, where we believe that stories connect individuals and that powerful storytelling can positively impact the world. To unleash your storytelling superpower, visit narrativemarketing.com.au or check out our social links in the show notes. To contact me directly with any specific comments you have, you can email me via amelia at narrativemarketing.com.au. And don't forget that whilst a task or challenge may seem overwhelming, a waterfall begins with one drop and look what comes from that. This is a Narrative Network podcast.